Hello and welcome to Talk Speedway Bite Size in association with Grant Henderson Tankers and Wellman Cars. Joining us this week is Mr Kelvin Tatum, of course the voice of Grand Prix Speedway and Domestic Speedway in the UK, to talk about his latest book and of course some funny stories from his years in Speedway. I'm Scott Frame, he's Graham Munsey and this is Bite Size. Welcome to Talk Speedway Bite Size. Uh, the vo- one of the voices of Speedway, Mr. Kelvin Tatum. Of course, Kelvin's got a book out uh, come December as well, and we're all very much looking forward to. Kelvin, thanks for joining us to talk about this. You're very welcome. Excellent. So I'm going to guess that obviously... Yourself and Nigel are obviously very close. 20 years of working in TV together will do that for you. Um, I'm sure many conversations have came between the two of you regarding a book. Is this something that's been in the pipeline for a few years now? Um, Yes. um, I've been sort of tinkering with the idea of doing a book for some time. You're right. Um, It wasn't always the plan to do it with Nigel initially. Um, But I did ask Nigel um, a couple of times and he's busy, so he didn't have the time. But the pandemic actually sort of kicked in and freed up the summer. So um, it was the opportunity and we, we grabbed it. Yep. And, and what could people expect from the book? Obviously, anyone who's been at any of the, the live events that yourself and Nigel do know that there's a, many a story that you have from your mm. time on the road. You'll have many a story from before that. Is it kind of going to be a a chronological from from start through to finish or or is it kind of a selection of the the highlights should it be of, of your career on and off the track um yes I, but it's not just the highs it's it's some of the lows as well um you know talking about um recovering from serious injury um getting your career back on track as a consequence of that um obviously there there is some some personal stuff in there um, it's quite diverse because obviously being involved with speedway, grass track and long track, I think a lot of people in this country in particular didn't don't really understand quite what happened with the the, the long track racing, T V work. So it's it's quite a Australia, you know, doing some winter tours which don't happen now. Um so yeah, it's it's sort of multifaceted in that way, you know, it's it, it should be something for everybody and I hope and I want it to be a read Scott I didn't want it just to be a, a, a stats book that yeah. I rode at Edinburgh on Saturday and got a maximum and I was des- I was delighted although that, that never happened unfortunately <laughs> um, although I wish I wish it had but um, the fact is is that I wanted it to be a read and mm-hmm. the book is completed and um, some 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 feedback has been suggesting that that is the case 
how enjoyable was it though going back through uh, basically your time in Speedway really thinking back over all the stories obviously as you said there's some lows in there as well but thinking back mm. over the kind of high times and stuff like that how how enjoyable was it revisiting that in your head maybe stories that had actually probably been out your head for a few years really yeah yeah you're right it's uh, <laughs> it's spot on you know you um, my memory is poor and it's made me think it's been quite taxing that actually to sort of mm-hmm. really dig deep into your, into your memory and, and, and sort of suddenly realizing that actually, you know, when we like thinking back to the Coventry these days, when we won back to back titles, they were fantastic. Um, that period of time was probably the best time I had in Britain. And yes, it was, uh, a lot of nostalgia, um, I've been sort of digging out lots of photographs from the past and um, I even found myself the other day, just literally a couple of days ago, looking at some pictures from the 90s and sort of recollecting that day. And, you know, this book has, has enabled me to do that because ordinarily you, you don't even think about it. So it's been really cool. It's been tough yeah. at times yeah. yeah, because you have to dig in. But generally, you're right, It's 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 been been uh, it's been great actually and just how pleased have you been with the the reaction to the news of the book coming out i mean i i remember you mm. kind of teased it on twitter and then they had to bring forward the date that it could be pre-ordered because of the amount of emails and phone calls the publisher were getting i think you put a, sure. a kind of promotion on for the first certain amount we're going to get signed and, and those flew out the doors in, <laughs> in kind of the first day you know social yeah, media has we, kind of been a buzz on it since the since the news was announced Sure, yeah, we were we underestimated <laughs> big time. <laughs> uh, frightened the life, frightened the life out of us because <laughs> it wasn't done. We had to get our skates on, um, but uh, so that was a was a frightening experience, but a pleasant one really because um, the reaction has been strong, and um, we have been delighted with that and uh, even the publisher has been blown away with it you know that's yeah. back to the point where it's overwhelmed them in the first few days so um yeah you know i um we've both been delighted with the reaction nige is really cool on the pr side and um it's ticking along really well so um yeah pleasantly surprised but you know it's it's uh, and as I say, the book's got to live up to something now, that's for sure. But uh, I think, <laughs> I hope it does. I, I think it will. I, I think there's enough in there for everybody, really. I, I think as well, Kelvin, I, I'm loving the snippets on social media at the minute. It, has, it certainly piqued my interest in it as well, because... I think from from me and, me and Graham's point of view, the generation that, that we grew up in in Speedway, I think I've only ever seen you ride twice. Um, I'm pretty sure Graham would be around about that ma- that many occasions as well. Growing up, you were right. obviously he- when when I was growing up, you were heavily involved in the long track, uh, winning world titles there. But really, for me, I, I've I've seen Kelvin Tatum as the the, the, one of the faces of TV or the voices of TV that we hear, all the, the kind of catchphrases and stuff like that as well. So right. for, from my point of view, from my generation, it really it captures my generation as well because we see we hear the voice of Kelvin Tatum almost on a weekly basis. But there was a racing career before that that maybe people from my age and younger maybe didn't realise how successful a rider you were as well. Yeah, and 
um, it's a good point because, you know, I'm no longer a youngster. I've been around a long time um, and I've been lucky enough to be around a long time. And, you know, the TV career is very much part of the book. It's a big part of the book. It's gone on for a long time, the television work. And your point about the fact that you know me primarily through that, um, and now your 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 curiosity is pricked because, crikey, actually this bloke did ride. Actually, <laughs> he did actually turn left from time to time. So the fact is, is that uh, I think that that would, I think that audience that knows me as a TV pundit, um, I think it will be interesting for them because there's a lot of racing in there and. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's some, there's some reasonable successful times. And I think that, um, it will, I think it will be, I think it will just be nice for those people to actually sort of like come away from the book thinking, yeah, actually this bloke could ride a bike. So <laughs> I hope that, I hope that comes across anyway. Yeah. And, and kind of touching on the, the, the TV stuff and I didn't, and, and thinking of this year as a whole, just how difficult was this year obviously we knew the the league campaigns were kind of struggling early we then had the the speedway nations and the, the grand prix went ahead but just how mm. different and how difficult was it to do that from a studio in the uk rather than trackside um it is much more difficult because you, you don't have that uh, buzz of being at the venue um you boys will know this you know when you go to the track just the noise and the smell and the chit chat and the buzz around the place just generally naturally gets you excited about the event. Uh, being on the ground, you pick up information. You you generally just absorb information that's just going floating around. And of course, going into a very sterile environment with two TV screens, yeah. um, totally detached from that, um, then that tests you more because you've still got to when the green light comes on for heat one, you have to then portray the excitement and the energy as if you were there. So yes, that, that does present um, a different challenge. I hope we coped with that. Okay. I think we did. I think the racing was good enough to sort of cut through that, but yeah, it is a challenge. It's a different, the only thing I would say about that, the early days of working on sky, that's how we did it. Uh So it wasn't like we did that for the first time. Um, so I did have some experience of doing it remotely, but um, it's not the same. It's not the yeah. same. But and um, this year, that's what we had to do. Some uh, weird and wonderful camera angles you had to put up with as well. The some of those Polish yeah, directors well, we, seem I, to I love watching the starts was, from behind. I can't stand it, and I, made, <laughs> I, made, I don't know who it was who was the director. I've obviously I'm going to fall out with him because I just <laughs> him on more than one occasion. But like I think most speedway fans, when you're looking behind and you're trying to actually say who's made the start, you haven't got a hell's chance, have you? <laughs> you can't. You can't determine who's there. And then there was a one, a couple of races where there was some really good action going on between first and second, and suddenly we we cut to third and fourth, yeah. just as about something was going on at the front. So, um, yeah, odd. And of course, when you're there, you're you you have the the luxury of looking at the live action as well as looking at the screen, so you can combine the two. But um, yeah, those are the the frustrations or the slight. That's the tricky bit of of being away from the venue. 
Absolutely. Uh, can I just take you back to the start of your TV career? Because obviously when Sky first came into British Speedway, it was a massive thing. Um, and obviously yourself mm. and I think it was Sam Ermolenko were kind of sharing the, the kind of co-commentary mm. duties at that point. Just how did the op- that opportunity come up for yourself where so either someone approached you um, to be involved with it? Yeah, I remember I was um, contacted by um, Tony Millard, who was the, the the lead commentator at the time. I he rang Tony. me. Loved Tony. His voice was incredible. I loved him. Yeah, he, he, he was the lead commentator of, of the time. And he rang me at home um, and just asked me if I would be interested to go to uh, King's Lynn. Um, I, it wasn't the first meeting. The first meeting Sam worked on. And I was asked to do the second one. And I was a bit sort of, I don't know, because I was away that weekend and I was flying back and Kingsland's quite a long way for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did agree to do it and I went there. Um, No idea what I was expected to do. No idea what (laughs) time I was meant to be there. Um, And I think I frightened the living daylights out of them because I'd actually hadn't seen the first week's programme. So I had this sort of massive crash course (laughs) <laughs> of what I was meant to be doing when I got there. They threw me in the truck and said, right, look at this, do this, do that. And um, to be honest, we, I went on air none the wiser, um, but somehow survived. So, But it was, a you're kind of thrown in, the, we were all thrown in at the deep end, that's for sure. But then saying that, the guys in the truck and the people producing and directing, it was it was new to them as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you've know, seen some changes over, over those 20 years, you know, from... From HD, then Ultra HD, Sky to Eurosport to BT, um, but I guess the the one constant that always remains is the racing, and that's what everyone watches for. Mm. Yeah, and Speedway when it's right, it's a it's a terrific sport. It was born for Speedway. Um, excuse me, it was born for television because mm-hmm. you know people's attention spans are shortened. You know, Speedway is a short, sharp, explosive sport. Um, it's great for Terry, and when conditions are right, um, it's it's fabulous. And some of the GPs and some of the league racing, you know, it's the playoffs, for example. They're they're, they're generally are, are great nights. Um, so yeah, it's um, whether it's obviously you know Sky had more money and they were able to throw some gimmicks at it, and we had more camera people. But you know, um, on each of the three broadcasters that have been involved. The bottom line is, you're right, when that green light comes on and four guys go head-to-head, four laps, um, I think it makes a decent product. Absolutely. Uh, Kelvin, I, I don't think pe- people mention Tatum without Pearson these days. It's kind of like salt and pepper a wee bit. Um, you mm. don't get one without the other, really. Just how big mm. an influence has Nigel's come in? Obviously, he's became good friends as well. Uh, just... How good is that? How much an influence is it where he can give you advice for the TV side of things and the commentary type of thing? And then never, obviously... Uh, he... Nigel, Nigel, Nigel's never given me any advice. <laughs> he, he's a terrible man. He's a terrible... He's a very selfish man. Um, he's, um, I never liked him when he was a reporter at Craigley and I, I, I suffer him. I suffer him. You know, you know it, it's, a, it's a strange thing because... Um, when he joined Sky, I wasn't particularly excited about that because I didn't like him. Um, <laughs> but as we 
I genuinely didn't like him because he was an annoying reporter when I was writing for Coventry. Um, but when we were allowed to work together, because we didn't work together initially, but when we started working together, to be honest, nothing really. We've never really had a conversation about it. It has just right. evolved. We don't do much homework. We don't certainly don't discuss things before we go on air. Um, and we just do it. And it's one of those things where there's chemistry there. And I just respect him very much for his broad, broadcasting skills. So, um, yeah, we, we click and I think we bounce off each other well. Yep. And of course, um, the, the working partnerships led to some of the most famous catchphrases in Speedway. So on the back of the book, are mm. we going to see a Kelvin Tate and Lina merchandise, you know, straight out the top drawer t-shirts and <laughs> dermometers for sale on the website? The dermometers, <laughs> yeah, um, possibly. Um, the dermometer thing, I don't know how that mind. What on earth are you going to talk about? You know, <laughs> I just thought I've got to have something that I can do and I, I tell you where the inspiration came from and this may be well before your time fellas but I remember when Egon Muller won the world championship in, in Norden on the parade he walked off the track after being introduced and he had a screwdriver in his hand and as he walked across the, this is true story as he walked across the, uh, the first and second corner back towards the pits he just dug it in the track looked up to the crowd and just put, put a big thumbs up because it was about 10 foot deep <laughs> and he walked back into the track and 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 that genuinely was the inspiration for the dirtometer <laughs> but of course back so, when the back when sky first started uh both yourself and sam were hooked up with microphones and the, and the helmet to to actually ride around the circuit yeah, I remember I, th- yeah. I remember that. It must have lasted a couple of meetings at least, if not a season. Um, mm. How difficult was that, riding a bike while trying to explain what you're it doing? Because I'm going to make an assumption that you don't talk while you're, while you're racing. <laughs> no, not normally. I'm normally holding my breath. Um, um, because I can just about hold my breath for 60 seconds. And no, it's, um, it's awkward. And, and I think... I did some of it actually on the GPs as well and it was cool I liked doing it but you couldn't ride at uh, full pace you just Uh couldn't do it while you were expecting to talk and particularly if you got a little bit out of shape you know and you had a bit of a moment you went silent (laughs) any moments where there was a sort of a bit of a pause it was generally because you were hanging on for grim death you know but um no, I, 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 all of that, you know, you're reminding me of all the experiences that we got up to, but um, <laughs> it was slightly awkward doing that prior to the meeting, you know, the, the, the whole process of the clubs getting ready for the meetings, it, it wasn't always easy to do, particularly if the weather was iffy, but um, no, it was, it was, it was fun to do at the time. Yep, and, and that's one thing, actually, it's, Maybe it's the nature of the sport, as you say, there's there's a lot of time to fill in between the races, which is perfect for TV, but there's been a lot of innovation in Speedway coverage over the year. It never stays still, whether it was, I remember Moy was the Sky Sports thing for a few years, <laughs> that, that camera on the first bend. And of course, this year, seeing the introduction with the, the Grand Prix and Speedway Nations, the Talking Dirt, the, this, a web show, um, yeah. yourself, Nigel and, and Scott Nichols and, and Greg Hancock and, and all were involved in, and it's... It's just great to see, isn't it, that the coverage is improving year on year. And I guess these things would only happen if the demand was there, which it is. Sure. Uh, to be honest, the, the, the pandemic was actually partly responsible for Talking Dirt um, because of Monster Energy's involvement in the sport. 
um, because they couldn't do what they needed to do at the track. Um, I think contractually there was pressure on BSI to actually bring something to the party there. And as a consequence of that, Talking Dirt was born. And I think it worked pretty well, actually. Yeah, I think, absolutely. You know, I, I think uh, it gave insight into the stuff I did with bikes and set up and stuff, uh, getting reports. Uh, yeah, generally, I think it was a it was was a pretty cool addition to this year's championship. I, I, I think so. I think so. I, I have watched it a little bit. I don't like watching a lot of stuff, <laughs> but I think it's been pretty well received. Absolutely. Uh, it was good to see it getting nominated for an award this week as well. It just, well, it. It just highlights that's, that's the right. sport. Just, that's uh, right. just... Yeah. Yeah, whether we win or not, I don't know, but it's been nominated. So <laughs> yeah. somebody looks upon it favourably, so that's that's quite good, actually. Absolutely, and if, if nothing else, it, it kind of puts the sport out there as well, and maybe some some channels that it wouldn't normally get into, and it kind of it, it kind of advertises the sport well as well. Uh, the pandemic cool. also seen you coming into uh, what we would term as your territory, Kelvin, uh, into the podcast arena as well, uh, which was good to uh, Is this going to keep continuing the podcast? I don't know. Um, we we had a great run with the podcast through the initial lockdown. We had um, tremendous reaction to it, um, and we we enjoyed doing it. We really enjoyed doing it, to be perfectly honest. I think we got a bit burnt out with it um, once the World Championship completed, and I think we we both agreed that we would have a break from it, but. I think it could continue, Scott. I think that there is a chance that maybe once, um, you know, if we get into the new year and things are beginning to look a bit brighter and the pandemic mm-hmm. is calming down and we can control it and things are looking like they might start going back to normal, then I think we, we will potentially do some sort of building up towards next season. I think that could yeah. certainly happen. Yeah. And I'd like to, I, you know, talking to Bruce Penhall and, you know, we, we I don't think many people have spoken to Tony Ricardson. No, you know, I don't think many people not. have heard no. from Tony Ricardson. I mean, maybe at 10 past five in the morning, my phone went off when he replied and said, yeah, I'll do it. And, you know, <laughs> I, I think I think that was really, I think that was a bit of a coup, actually, getting him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And obviously, we look forward to, to hearing anything else that goes out. Myself and Scott are, are avid listeners. Kelvin. Really? Um, Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, um, we love it. We love yep, it. Nice. Um, Kelvin, it's been a pleasure to talk to you this evening, and we won't take up too much more off your evening. Um, just before you go, um, why don't you tell the listeners, if they haven't already ordered the book, where they can get it from? Right, now you're asking me questions that you really ought to be asking uh, Nigel Pearson, but <laughs> the fact is, is that you need to go to Curtis Sport, and if you go to Curtis Sport website, you'll be able to, there'll be a link there that you can then actually order the book from. Um, it will be printed in the early part of December and we are going to be delivering books um, primarily. We will get the majority of the books out before before Christmas. But um, yeah, I'll, um, uh, I, I can post some stuff on, on that, more information on that, but we're bashing stuff out on that all the time. But Curtis Sport is the publisher and I say on their website, it is quite it's quite easy actually for people to to order the book. Talk Speedway. Talk Speedway.
available on YouTube now is a new series called Motorsport Memories by Adrian Flux and our friend of the show Gavin Caney in one of the episodes he's caught up with Louis Kerr um, to discuss how the life and times and his fondest memories in the sport. Here's a clip for you to listen to that now. Talk Speedway. Talk Speedway. The year previous to this, um, I think I'd only, I was only just National League and uh, I think I had like one championship meeting. And then uh, I had a good Somerset sort of challenge match and Newcastle saw that and picked me up for the for the season ahead. And, uh, you know, I wasn't expected to do anything like one ones and twos. You know, probably just get my average for the year and I'd have been happy. And uh, so the first two matches, I've pretty much done that. And then... Literally the third match in, uh, I made a few changes, which I'd learned from the other teammates, and I, I scored a 12-point max. But it was going from, you know, just trying to get my average to, to going unbeaten, and and, uh, and then from then onwards that season, I managed to stay at reserve all year. And you know, most most meetings I I hit double figures, so it was just sort of a that season. I think was yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do well to top that. Talk Speedway. Talk Speedway. Good work by Gavin Keeney there. Uh, if you would like to listen to more motorsport memories in association with Adrian Flux, uh, you can do so by searching me- uh, Motorsport Memories on YouTube and you'll find episodes with Niels Christian Everson and Carol Fogarty. That brings us to an end to this week's Bite Size Show in association with Grant Henderson Tankers and Wellman Cars. Until next time, good night.